Welcome to the Restless Midlifer podcast, helping you get life back on your terms and recapture that spirit of adventure. Hi there, it's episode 46 and this is a bonus episode. So it's an interview and this week I have an interview with Tara Jiang, who is a TV series producer, director and an editor producer. And I met Tara several years ago now on um, when I had the privilege actually of appearing on the Davina Hour, which was produced in 2017. I can't believe it was that long ago. Um, and had the, had the privilege of talking about stress and sharing my cabbages uh, and sprout savvy, I guess, with Davina McCall and on the TV show. Now, Tara was the series producer and she gets into a little bit about what that involves in the episode. Now the reason that I wanted to speak to Tara in particular is because I think as restless midlifers you know many of us are in careers or on a career path or on in that world of more secure predictable income uh, and work and to make a shift or make changes in our life can be challenging and it, it does require a mindset shift in some respects. Now, not everybody's going to leave their job. Not everybody's going to become a freelancer, you know, and, and carry out the work that, say, Tara or other people do. But I think it's interesting to explore that mindset because we can shift, but it can still be quite scary and big. And I know I've had to make that journey myself and I'm still learning to get used to the idea that, well, obviously it's a few years down the line now, but that, that, that on the 15th of the month, the paycheck doesn't just drop in because of the job I'm doing type of thing. And that that was a bit of a shift and quite scary at times. Um, obviously there's other rewards about running my own business, et cetera, but it is interesting to explore that mindset. And Tara has some tips and thoughts and just a really interesting story about the work that she does. So on with the podcast, I hope you enjoy it. Please let me know anything thoughts or feedback at dave at restlessmidlifer.com. Take care for now. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Restless Midlifer podcast. I'm your host Dave Algio and this week I have the privilege of having Tara Yang here with me to uh, to have a lovely conversation and um, I'll let T Tara introduce herself a, a little bit more fully but the reason that I wanted to speak to Tara in particular is because I think for many of us who perhaps are professionals in a more secure role and on my background in policing and for many of listeners that that I do know we in making changes in life the fear over the security or leaving the security of a role etc can be challenging and that midlife sort of challenge that we have where we want to make changes can be an issue so what I wanted to do was speak to Tara in particular because Tara's lifestyle in terms of work is very different uh intriguing as well I've just looked at your CV there Tara so would you like to say hi and introduce yourself and we'll we'll not keep them waiting any longer <laughs> um hi <laughs> sorry and and I don't know if I do again my, my name's Jang it's I know it's Jang, kind of a sorry, sorry but okay um I yeah hi <laughs> I, I'm really bad at introducing myself and saying what I do or who I am. I mean, I basically, I'm a TV producer and TV director. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm Canadian. I've lived over here for most of my life or the majority of my life. So kind of transient as well, like a vagrant. Um, and yeah, and, and, and I guess the reason why I'm here really is because I've, I'm a freelancer. I've always been a freelancer. Um, and so I guess, yeah, that just in terms of my not lifestyle choice but just in terms of the, the way that I work and the way that I do things might seem slightly different mm. to the way a lot of people do things um 
it's, it's just uh, I'm surrounded by people who are freelancers so it feels normal to me and then every once in a while I meet somebody who has like a nice normal stable job and I'm like oh my god you're an accountant how fascinating it's like you've got a nine to five job and pension and regular regular holidays wow what's that like so so I think it's just just a very different um world that I inhabit so. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And just for the benefit of the listeners, we met. I was just, actually when you sent over the your CV before. I was just looking through. It's 2017 when we met on the um, the Davina Hour program. You know, the the making of that. And um, just look at you. have got a, a fine roll call here of uh, programs. The latest being the SES Who Dares Wins the 22 2022. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just finished that. I'm, I'm actually working on something else now. But yes, that's that was very fun. But I just edited it um, rather than working on it, which is a shame. I think since COVID's happened, I haven't actually been out filming, which I'm sure we'll t- talk about later, but I'm going slightly crazy just stuck in an edit at the moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll be something to to ask about. So just, I guess, to, to put in context in terms of your role, um, because you see an edit, but there's produce and there's direct on there as well, isn't there? So what, what was your, you know, on the Davina Hour back, back in 2017, what was your role then, just to give a feel for, for the work that you do? Um, I was series producing on that. So that is, I guess, more of an umbrella role where you are, I guess, in especially with that, because it was a, it was a new series. So yeah. I was in charge of making an idea happen. And that's everything from, you know, how it's going to play out, what kind of guests you have on, the structure of the show, the tone of the show, Um yeah, basically taking something that's on a piece of paper and making it real, um, which which is, I guess, a series producer role is is more over the, the big, big picture. Um, I also quite often direct, which you have, you're, you're slightly more kind of hands-on because you might just have one film or one episode, whereas a series producer, you're over all the episodes and, and you'll have other directors and, and people working underneath you. So it's just kind of keeping an eye on the bigger picture versus getting your head into it and having more control and more hands-on on one episode of something or, or one, one single piece of being. And then editing is, and, and I also always edit, um, I also edit everything, but at the same time, at the moment, I'm just edit producing, which means that I haven't filmed it. I'm just taking what other people have filmed and I'm editing it to make the final product. You know, so so like you know, hundreds of hours of footage, and then you get forty-five minutes on TV. <laughs> so, yeah, being ruthless. Editing is about being ruthless and and making people say what they intend to say, but making them say it in a more eloquent way by editing what they say. If that makes sense. Yeah, I could do without on this podcast for me. To be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it sounds like I mean, it feels like I know when I was down there, it felt like. It's almost like mind blowing, I guess, for somebody who's outside the profession to look, because there seems to be so many moving parts and so many things to juggle and move around and, and keep your keep your finger on the pulse of in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess just on that side, how do you how do you find that the, the different kinds of work? Do you find it stressful, or is it is for, you know do you, do you like the buzz? The it, what what is it about it that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's incredibly stressful, um, but it's also. I, I guess it's it is like say it's a bit of an adrenaline rush because there are different stages stages or phases of what you do. So I mean, when we worked with you, you were there for sort of one day, um, but we'd been planning it. We'd been talking about it for months. We'd been planning it for months, 
Um, we'd done lots of research. We'd had, you know, we'd had chats with you over the phone. We'd had chats with you over Zoom. So all that information is collated. And by the time you get to filming, whether it's one day or if you're directing like a, a more long-term sort of documentary, there's a lot of background information and a lot of um, research and stuff that goes into it. So, so, so it's almost like you've got this lull of of the hypothetical and putting all of your ideas out there. And then when it comes to the filming side of it, whether it's one day or, you know, I guess every day when, when you film, it could be over a long period of time, but there'll be the, the day that you've got the camera with you. Um, and that's hugely exciting. It's stressful. It's exciting because you don't always know what you're going to get. Um, and then you, and that's where you have to make everything work because it doesn't matter what you thought about before or what you had on paper, what you discussed, it's what you film on that day is, is what you get. And then, you, you know, so, so that, that's hugely exciting. It's kind of like watching everything. That, that's the first phase of watching everything that you've been working on comes to fruition. And it's always different. Um, I mean, I think that is the thing that I love about my job is it is always different. It's always unpredictable. And I think that's the buzz that I like. You know, so it's it's a huge adrenaline rush, and then all of a sudden you're you're absolutely exhausted and tired because sometimes you're on like you know fourteen hour days or you're just like crazy hours and things, and then at the end of it you just crash, <laughs> and 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 then you know you've done it and you might have to get up the next morning in like five hours time and do it again, or you know or you've done it like the Davina show you've just done that episode, and then you go then you crash and that and that gets put away put away and then that goes into the edit and then the next phase starts. And then you, you have a bit more time to actually look at what you've got and to put it together. But yeah, it's it's like for me, it's hugely exciting. But it is definitely if you were going to chart stress levels or adrenaline levels, it would be up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down in quite a violent sort of way. I think there's no there's there's no steady stream of anything. It's quite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. I mean, from from outside, I, I, I can I can imagine it. I can, obviously, I've never sort of experience that side of it but the that ups and downs and the excitement it could be quite appealing so what actually what brought you into this this area of work you know what what was your pathway in there um I used to be a photographer so I I used to be a photographer and again I was freelance so I started off as a photographer's assistant then I became a photographer I was working in music so I was photographing lots of bands and um, doing that and also dance companies and that sort of arts and cultural side and portraits and working for magazines. Um, so I started doing that. And then I think I got slightly bored of it because it felt like it was, I guess, I guess if you look at it, it's kind of like one dimensional, you know, you, you get, you meet people, you take the photograph, it's a flat image. Um, and then I quite like the idea that with what I do now it's, it's a bit more storytelling you know and just a, in a slightly different way I, I like working in teams I hated working on my own as a photographer right. I, you know it, that that was really difficult for me because I just go into my own head and you know it, it was it was yeah you, because you're just completely on your own and part of what I love about what I do is that they're always big teams and it's collaborative so when basically when everything goes to pot basically shit hits the fan or whatever the best thing about it is you turn around and you look to your side and there's somebody else with you and you, and you can either pull your hair out and cry or you just laugh which is what I tend to I just I because it's like you know we can't do anything so let's all do this together let's all let's all go down in the sinking ship together and have a really good <laughs> yeah so yeah so yeah. that's how I ended up uh 
coming over to um, TV because I was, as I said, I was, I was mainly doing sort of music and arts things. And then I worked on a music and arts program. I started as a researcher um, and then I just worked my way up from there. So it was just, it was kind of a, not a natural progression, but it made sense to me because I'd just come from that world, you know, sort of music and arts. And so from a research point of view, I had contacts. I was, I was booking bands on TV shows, um, booking performances, doing research into, you know, amazing people like big name directors and actors and things. And so it, it just felt quite normal to me. Yeah. So that's, that's how I ended up here. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, how did, I don't even know how I ended up in the UK. <laughs> so, <laughs> things just happen and then you're there. Yeah. <laughs> in each of those then were you freelance on all of those roles then yeah. was that, that's pretty much been your path in life so how does that I know you said that you um you know you're surrounded by other freelancers so it's it probably feels natural but do you do you find that um there are there are gaps in between work and do you, you know in terms of worry about money you know practical things because I, I can imagine you know in terms of it from from mine and some of our listeners who are used to that payday coming in. And it was one of the biggest, scariest things I did when I actually left to, to go into business was that adjustment to think it's not coming in on the 15th of every month, you know? Um, so how do you, how do you manage that? Or how, how does that, how do you cope? I, th- I think because I've always been freelance, it's always been in my nature to be like a squirrel and, Put, when I'm working, I do put stuff aside, thinking in my head, <laughs> I'm never going to work again. <laughs> you know, and I think that's probably the the normal state of being is you're never going to work again. You're only as good as your last job. Um, and so I know different people deal with it differently, but I, sort of from a financial point of view, I've always been quite careful and quite good about I guess living within my means so some again that you know making sure I've put stuff aside but also when I'm earning I tend to be quite extravagant when I'm not earning I'm quite happy sitting at home and you know go, not spending money so I guess my my lifestyle really reflects what is happening I, I guess financially I'm not I can live on nothing or I can be really weirdly extravagant depending on depending on where where I have in my work cycle which I think is good because you don't always want to be miserly and and frugal but then then when you can actually have a blowout or whatever it feels it feels like oh I'm doing really well I deserve this and so that I guess that helps you go through the ups and downs as well so there's there's some variety there you know yeah and do you find with with you know in between jobs I would guess there'll be times when you're from one straight into another but do you find the gaps and and do you find sometimes you need those gaps or you know space for yourself to recharge yeah absolutely I mean I think I'm in a position now where I can I I can turn things down and I can pick and choose what I want to do to a degree Mm. um you know and sometimes there are there are gaps that you don't want but I'm used to it and I kind of welcome them because I, I can't do what I do nonstop. I think that I would have absolute burnout. Mm. And I, th- I think I realized that because the, again, depending on the project, I've, I mean, I've been on projects before where when I finished, I literally physically crashed where I, it's like I've come home from shoots before where I actually couldn't move like lying on the floor and just actually couldn't move because I was so exhausted. Um, and then you're like, Oh, well, that's great because now I don't have another job for at least another month or I can, you know, I don't have a job lined up, so I'm not too 
I'm not too stressed about what the next job is because I actually need a bit of a break, you know. But but uh, but but it is it is stressful. It was it used to be more stressful when I was um, when I was younger and when I was first starting out because you don't make as much money and so those gaps were were really stressful because like oh again I'm never going to work again or <laughs> or um, yeah worrying about money. But as I said, I think I've because I've always been freelance. I'm quite good at being okay with not having money or knowing money's not coming in be- mm. because I, I expect it. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. And and I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's adjusting the, the minds. Well, one of the journey, the journey that I went on was having to adjust my mindset and then get practiced at, at that sort of get better at reminding myself, um, you know, there are there are natural in in the work that I do. There are natural seasonal dips, you know. Yeah. Um, so you you need to get around. Obviously, earning enough during the the, the times when the, the work is there to cover those, but also get comfortable with the fear that it's quiet. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it'll never get busy again, you know. And but and trust in the process, and that that takes time. I think a little bit as well, doesn't it? For that. But I think I think that's I'm still not very good at it. But I think there's the art of doing it if you can master it and like I said I'm not very good at it but I'm getting better is when there are gaps or where you do have breaks is to really be able to embrace them be, be, because which is really hard um because you know it, it kind of feels pointless if you're being rational and you step back stressing about not working when you're not working because in a weird way that's the one time you have to actually rest and rejuvenate and recharge your batteries and if that means going to exhibitions or going for walks or getting physical or doing all the stuff that you think you don't have time to do when you're working then it's just seems a shame to just be sitting at home stressing and worrying about work when you actually do have that that break um which again it's great to say but it 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 takes practice and it also takes um yeah trusting the process but also having faith in your abilities or faith that you are qualified or you are someone that will get the work because you're good enough you know so it's a game easy to say harder to do but but you need to do it otherwise it'll go crazy (laughs) yeah yeah and and also I think there's also something about learning how to do less or to do nothing in those times I don't know about you one of the things I found was when I you know had time or or made time I know with Rosie my daughter she's six-year-old and when she was born we Leslie and I, my wife, decided I'm going to work in my business a three-day week so I could spend time with uh, Rosie. But then I, I would always wanted to build that lifestyle. You know, I'm using air quotes here, the lifestyle business of a three-day week. And the hardest thing I found was on the days off work, although looking after a baby's work, was the switching off and not feeling as if I should be doing something. And that actual switching off. And Do you find that with, you know, with the work that you do, that, 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 just actually when you get an opportunity to switch off how do you how do you switch off or how do you find that um i guess it depends what you mean by switch off um because like i say i'm all i'm if i'm not working i'm i think there's always something in the back of my mind worried Mm. about work Mm. Um, and just because as i said you're only as good as your last job um but I think I'm getting slightly better. The only way that I can really switch off is I, if I absolutely engage in something. And that does mean like getting out and going 
to see an exhibition or getting out and going to meet up with a friend or getting out and going to a yoga class or a, the gym or, you know, or, or walk or whatever it is, because you absolutely have to engage it. And I think that the, the key hurdle, that the, the main hurdle is getting from the flat, getting from where you're sitting, having your breakfast or whatever out. It's, it's, it's the, once you do it, it's fine. But, but if you're sitting in and you're close to your computer and you could be sending out a CV or getting in touch with someone in theory or writing an email, whether you do it or not, most, most likely I won't be doing it. I'll just be thinking about it. It's, it just feels slightly um, crippling, I suppose, you, you know, that kind of pull of you could be, you, you could be, you, you know, you ought to whatever. And then once you actually just leave the flat, for me, once I leave the flat and go do whatever it is, I, I then I, then I get lost in my own head and I get engaged with something else and then I'm there and I'm present, and 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 that's the thing is just like how do you push yourself? It's like anything, you know. People who say I'm going to go to the gym every day, once you're there, you're fine, but it's just getting from where you're sitting out of the door to that place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that, that's that's I guess that was one of the things I found hard to adapt initially was you know. My office is upstairs. I'm downstairs with Rosie. It's so very easy just to walk upstairs and check an email. And actually, you know, that that the whole point of developing that was to get have proper time, you know, time here with Rosie, but also time to just away from the business. Because you you said to the day that it's always on the back of your mind. I think that's something that for those of us who might who are who you know whether you're freelance or running a business, um, it kind of always is on your mind in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I think that's the the thing is, you know, when when you know people who aren't freelance, they kind of think that, oh, it must be amazing. You know, you can choose your hours, you do whatever you want to do. And, you know, you know, and it's true, we, we can take holidays whenever we want to. We're not wed to, um, you know, oh, I've got to sign off at this this stage. I've only got two weeks a, a year. I mean, we could take off like four months, six, you know, we can do whatever we want. Um but at the same time, it's it's completely down to you. Like you, you don't switch off. You you don't. It's it's not it. It's not that it's not like I, I sometimes think people who have nine to five jobs and they can just do their job and leave. That must be quite freeing. Whereas they look at us and go, oh, you can just you can do whatever you want. You know, you don't have to go and you, you don't have to work if you don't want to. And but it but like I say, it's it's always there. It's always at the back of your mind. I think. Mm. I think that's it. That's it's something that I, I, I'm keen to just sort of highlight that I did it wrong when I first left the police because I left the police twice um, to run a business. The first time I had this romantic image about you know just risk it all and you you know and 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 just went out there had no business had no idea and crashed and burned um, mm-hmm. and really realized what actually the job, the role, the the structure, the social side of it, you know, that, that the team and all of that kind of thing gave me um, that, you know, I guess what, what I often talk to people about when they're, when they're in this stage of, you know, is this it? Is this, is this all I, you know, I'm, I'm here till I retire or whatever. Um, the answer is no, this isn't it. There's lots more but we need to adopt a more pragmatic, practical approach rather than my risk it all type of approach. You know, there are benefits, as you say, but there's also things that you need to factor in because it may be that you 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 
you, you just couldn't cope with a freelance life, you know, as, as in terms of your nature, or you need to be ready to adapt to that if that's the case. And for me, it was certainly a learning process and shifting my identity from somebody who's very structured in a career to that uncertainty, the having to get out there and do it myself approach, you know. So it's a big shift. What what, what were the benefits for you in in your head? What did you think? Oh God, I wish I'd done this earlier. Like what 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 was positively about being leaving the nine to five I suppose um well for for me there was a number of reasons it was full it was looking for something more more me I guess because I I I, I was never one of those that wanted to be a police officer you know I I, I always envied people who, who grew up knowing what they wanted to be because I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up you know that kind of approach and I think I bimbled into the police. I'll use that word bimble because I think it kind of is what I did. I kind of, I just fell into the job. I applied for it, et cetera. Not really thinking that I'd be there long. Found I enjoyed it, ended up getting comfortable in it. Um, but realizing at about seven years service, it's not me. Like this is not for me, you know? Um, so as I, you know, my second attempt, if you like, at leaving the police, which I, I did it after learning my lessons, it was that freedom to an extent, you know, that ability to choose, um, the flexibility that I was seeking, um, and just being able to scratch my own itch and do my own thing, the things that 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 I wanted to do, you know, that, that fulfilled me. You, you said that earlier the the um, you were in photography, but you found you know that that you wanted a little bit more, so you moved into to another field, and I think that ability to do that is, is where. You know, I, I'm attracted to that kind of approach, and that's where the business for me facilitated that. Yeah, but I mean, mine mine wasn't a total about turn. It, you yeah. know, so yeah, yeah, just more about questioning: is this is this the path? And it's like I really like some aspects of it, but actually, let's explore something else. And you know, and it and it wasn't a huge step away from what I was already doing. Mm. But um. But yeah, but but I, but I think that transition to freelance, if people are thinking about doing it, it is um, some people it's in their nature, and other people it just isn't. Mm. You know, it's it's quite an interesting thing, and I and I think you kind of need to know yourself, or or you try it, and then you've got to try it and be honest with yourself, because I think my my mum and my sister both at different stages decided they wanted to be freelancers, and it just it just really really wasn't in their nature. They both hated it. You know, as much as they wanted the freedom, it, it, the the insecurity, and yeah, I, th- I think the main thing is just the insecurity. Some people it just stresses them out way too much. Whereas with me, I think as we were talking about this the other day, is I'm kind of the opposite, where a full time job kind of stresses me out. <laughs> the thought of the thought of going into the same job every day and that is it. Mm. It it really um, it it doesn't scare me, but I just I, I just it, yeah it freaks me out it, it's not me at all and and maybe I would really enjoy it maybe I'd love the stability of it but I don't think that I would I kind of have this immediate kind of reaction to it because I've been offered even though I'm freelance I've been offered longer term not not, not permanent jobs but I've been offered really long contracts like, like for a year because normally my contracts are sort of you know like three or four months to you know maybe nine months you know some sometimes but but I mean for someone to outright say okay it's going to be a year and a half I just I ran a mile I just I just couldn't I was like hmm and then it just I just 
didn't want it. It was a really lovely job, but I just didn't want to be in the same place for, for that long. I mean, maybe it'd be different now if I knew the company and stuff, but it's just quite funny. That's not in my nature to, to go in every day at the same place and think that, that I'm never going to, that's not going to change, you know, having to cope with the same people every day for infinity, having to like knowing exactly what you're going to do every day for infinity that I can't do that. Um, but in this, by the same token, other people can't do the freelance thing. So I, th- I think both my, my sister and my mum were quite honest about the fact that really didn't suit them. I mean, financially, it would have been more rewarding for them. And maybe they would have got away from some of the things they didn't like about their full time jobs. But they they just didn't like that insecurity. Um, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and I think it's just about whether or not you it, it's in your nature to do it. I don't think you can train forward or do anything it's just it just is quick reminder to join the fledgling restless midlifer community and to receive early access to the discounted readventure program academy and to sign up to the free regular updates tips tools and strategies to help you regroup reshape and redesign your own midlife adventure head over to the restless midlifer.com <laughs> Yeah, I, I did a, a. I had an interview with um, Pete Matthew, who's a, a, a podcast host for the Meaningful Money podcast. He's a financial advisor, and he talks about, and it's a similar thing. I think he talks about knowing your risk, your tolerance for risk, in terms of financial investment, because there's different levels of risk depending on what you invest your your money in. And you know, it's no point in if you're somebody who's lower risk, doesn't like risk going all out onto the higher risk pots for, for want of a better phrase. And I think it's a similar thing is it's, it's knowing yourself enough to know I just couldn't handle that versus, do you know what? That could be quite exciting, but then how do you transition? How do you test? And, you know, I guess from my experience, you know, I did the, the silly thing of just jump ship without thinking, without even doing any research or testing the waters, you know? And I, I, for me, it's about knowing yourself, what you want, um, and then testing the water, you know, seeing what you seeing what could be out there, maybe having a side hustle even, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But, but I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's some kind of litmus test, but, but I think it is almost trying to figure out what's, what's important to you. You know, what, what is, what is important to you in terms of prioritizing everything? You know, if it's about, not having a boss and being your own boss and not having someone tell you what to do and having the absolute freedom to pick and choose who you work with, when you work, what you do. If that takes precedent over the security of knowing that you've got money coming in or that you, you know, you want to to feel like you have, I guess, a a, a steady job with people around you that you know all the time, you you know, like, I, I think, I think it's just that, that kind of a thing where, you just you have to find a way of being honest with yourself about that and maybe before you make the leap just really honestly think about what what is driving you to do it do you know if it's if it's driving you to do it because you really really hate having a boss like I hate being told what to do I'm like a I'm like a silly little stubborn kid it's like don't tell me what to do <laughs> you know and so for me that that that's kind yeah. of structure. I know it's really important to me. Like, don't tell me what to do. And and so there, there are certain things in my personality. I know, you know, I hate feeling tied down. I like, you know, certain things are really quite important to me in terms of how I feel happiest or how I function best. Yeah. And, you know, and so that's, 
yeah, I, I think that that's just something where I think if you were assessing what's important to me, then then you just have to kind of think about why you're doing it and then even tailor that to if you're going to make the leap. OK, how do I make this happen? You know, if, it, if it's about having this as consistent as possible, but I'm willing to, you know, I guess, take the risk or let that be less um, stable, then 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 you can kind of tailor, like you say, how, how you do it, whether you try and do it two days a week you do it as a side hustle or you yeah rather than just throwing everything in or if you just go I cannot wait to do this this is the only thing I really really want to do I'm absolutely passionate about it then it's like well then go for it because you're probably going to be fine yeah <laughs> you know you know people go bankrupt I'm not saying you shouldn't go bankrupt. people go bankrupt all the time and people you know do something and they fail and then they start up again because it's just it's really exciting for them that's what they like you, you know finding an idea you know, entrepreneurs they they like that thing of I've got this idea and I need to make it work and I need to make it happen and if I fail that's not important if I you know if I go back that that's not important what's important is I've got this idea and I need to get it out of my head and I need to see if I can be successful you know and and so I, I find that quite fascinating as well it's kind of it's a slightly different extreme to me but in, in terms of how people function and how they can exist like that like they don't care about the money because they feel like it'll come and go and that's not important. <laughs> yeah, it's an inter- it's an interesting mindset. I, I think uh, that was kind of something I bought into before my first crash and burn, and then I've become a bit more risk averse after the pain of that. Um, but again, that's the individuals because some people would they would they would dust themselves off and get straight back. It, it's taken me a while to get that confidence back, and to and and that's why I went back to policing, and it took me a while to then leave the second time because I I was having the pay day and also building the business but there's a point where you you get where you think right am I going to do this or not <laughs> come on Dave what are you going to do and obviously made the the for me the right choice and, and you were talking about bosses there it's funny I don't think I could I don't know how I'd handle it if I had to get a job again now you know it's weird after after all that time because 22 20 odd years in the police you you know there's always somebody telling you what to do you know <laughs> So it's a bit of a it's a it's a real adjustment, and I think this is the thing you 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 were saying there get get to the why and what what is it that you want what what things can you what's driving you and then you can make your decisions out of that. I think that's really a really powerful thing to start with because I think for many of us we talk ourselves out of doing something before we've even tried it or done it you know or had a go or or whatever you know. There's always a hundred reasons to not do something. If you think, mm-hmm. but I often say, just make the decision, then work out how, rather than the working out the how before you make the decision, because you'll talk yourself out of it. Yeah, and and also that you know they're they're depending on on what the transition is, there are different ways of dipping your toe in the water and figuring out what you do or don't like about something to see whether or not it's worth it. Mm. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, I I can't even think of example, but, but you know depending on, on what people are thinking about doing or and and I think the other thing as well is actually if you want to leave a situation I think there's something in just taking a moment and looking at the situation and thinking about all the good things mm. you know, what what's good about where I am and am I gonna you know am I gonna miss it what am I gonna miss and how important is that because there's never a hundred percent um you're never 100% satisfied with, well, I'm never 100% satisfied with anything. And every situation has its pros and its cons. 
you know, it, there always will be. And so that's what I mean about balancing it as well. Because again, I think some people are just desperate to leap out of a situation and it's just like, but it's not, it's not all bad. It's like, there's some really good things about where you are, but it's, but remember those things. But then also in your assessment, think about how important those things are that you're leaving behind. Mm. You know, and and then, but then, not not saying you won't get them somewhere else, but it's like I think sometimes people are so keen to look at the negatives and and leap forward that they kind of forget that there are all these other things that that are really good. And whether even if you do choose to leave them behind, those are good things that you still need to try and find in your next venture as well. You know, that, that might be more important to you than you think. It's not just it's just not the top line, is what I'm saying. It's you know, there are all these other things that will add to your happiness or help you deal with stress or make it worth it, I guess. Yeah. No, I think I think that's really important because you can get into this state of mind where you think, I just hate this. I can't do another day or whatever. And you are focused on everything you hate about a particular job or the last week or month, you know, or the new manager that you've got, as opposed to just going, right, okay, let's take a step back and think about this. Because because you're right, that, you know, even though there were points in, in the, the job that I did, you know, which weren't great, I can look back at it and I, there were lots of things that I enjoyed about it and found fulfilling and rewarding. At the, those darker times, I probably would not have thanked you for pointing those out to me, but um, it's, you know, I look back and, I, you know, you can get a little bit nostalgic about it, you know, even not that I do, I don't miss it to be fair, but, yeah. it, it, you know, it's funny, isn't it? It's where, it's where you're at at that time. So I think you're right. You, you need to just maybe just take that time to reflect on what what works, what's good, um, what you can potentially take with you if you are deciding to move. And you mentioned it obviously about the, the photography. It wasn't a complete transition. It was a shift. And perhaps that's more, you know, for many of us looking for that something different. It is a shift, perhaps whether it's a new employer or uh, just a new career path within the organization, just taking that step out, you know, that that could be the, the step to a new adventure um, rather than just <laughs> burning your bridges and, and jumping, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think anything's ever all or nothing. Mm. I think that's where possibly you're more likely to get burnt if you think everything's all or nothing. Mm. You know, and 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 the other thing is like say leaping out of a situation and um, from one fire to the next, like you know, by by not appreciating what you have that's good. What I mean by not by not appreciating it. Is, is that if you don't look at that, then when you leap to the next thing, then I think you're in for more of a shock because you can, all of a sudden you go, oh, oh God, I really miss, I really yeah. miss. And, and so that's like, that, that's where the shock sometimes yeah. come. You, you know, it's, it's, and that, that I think can help the transition. Mm. So if, does that make sense? Just being, because it just makes it more realistic. You're, going, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go over here. And I fully realize that this is what I'm going to give up. Yes. Yeah. But this is what I'm looking forward to. And all the other stuff that comes with it, when I make that leap, that's going to be a bonus. But I also do realize that, you know, it's it's I'm not expecting it to, to solve all my problems to be 100% better or anything like that. Because I, I know that there are these other things about my last job or my last whatever I was doing that I actually really liked and I really appreciated. So let's try and get some of that over here. But at the same time, also knowing it might not be there. And then you're like, okay, but that's fine because I, I decided this was why I wanted to make the move. This is what I'm getting. And and then you, and I think it helps you deal with it so that you're not in, you don't have this huge shock of, oh, this is, this wasn't what I expected at all. And then, and then you don't, you can't go forward because it's just too much of a shock and too much of a disappointment. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned, just, just to kind of turn it a little bit, you mentioned about the COVID and how it, it impacted on the type of work you're doing now. How did, how did that affect you and your work and just work life, lifestyle at the beginning of that and, and the journey through this? Um, when COVID hit, it were, I went from being really angry because I was in Italy filming. I was literally about to start filming and I was supposed to be on that project for another four months doing two films and I actually um I was in Italy the I the day that I left because I was told to leave we were we were waiting for the um the presenters to come over the crew was on the plane and I got a phone call I was out in some farm just outside of Rome and um and I was you know I was doing my last recce before everybody arrived and then I got a call saying uh so-and-so is not coming the crew have been are on the plane and they've, they've been sent home so pack your things and we need to get out of Italy now you know because of COVID because Italy is about to shut down and you know we need to get everybody out of there so I was, at first it was like oh okay and then you sort of leave and then you get back and then I got told because I'd just been in Italy and the government guidelines I now had to self-isolate at home and so that meant that um for me in terms of the project I was on one, not only was my project that I was about to film in Rome cancelled for obvious reasons, um, I was then meant to go to Puglia and, and then it ended up being sort of being Ireland in terms of my next film. And it meant that I couldn't even do that because I was now in self-isolation. I couldn't even fly out to, to do those recce's. Um, and, and so I went from being quite philosophical about oh okay yeah no it's good we're out of Italy and you know this has to happen and you know the whole world's changing so then being angry because it just meant that I couldn't now do my next film so that affected me in, in a big way so um and and then within about a week every week or two weeks everyone else caught up and it was like this domino effect of yeah. everything <laughs> all of a sudden going oh it actually how silly of me because it didn't matter anyway I, I didn't miss out on anything I was just ahead of the curve yeah. <laughs> and um and, and then I felt again like a, a child stomping her feet in a really kind of you know childish way and I actually was in a weird way it was this not relief isn't the word it was just a, the most freeing feeling in the world when every that moment when everything shut down well especially in, in tv and things because there was no way you could you could carry on filming um it, it was the most freeing thing in the world because it's the only time in my entire life as a freelancer where I knew that there was no work to be had no one else was working no one else was taking the jobs that I wanted I there's there were no CVs I needed to send out there was nothing I could possibly do and it was the most amazing feeling in the world to just, and I was absolutely exhausted because I think that I'd worked probably like a year and a half straight at that period. And mm. I think I'd done a lot of traveling and stuff and I was absolutely exhausted. So in a weird way, I I just had the, the first month of lockdown for me was amazing <laughs> because I didn't worry about work. I had just come from about a year and a half of working solidly so again I was I was one of the lucky ones financially I was in a decent position because mm. I was actually looking to take time off after my my that project anyway but um yeah for, for me it was very very freeing um as you say it, it's usually on the back of your mind all the time like you know I'm working I'm responsible for this I I, I need to think about my next job I need to so yeah the, the first month was great for me <laughs> I didn't think it was going to last that long yeah 
then the reality dawned on me and I started getting slightly nervous mm. and, and anxious. But that first month was amazing, which I, I feel kind of guilty saying, but <laughs> it was, you know, it was, it was really good. Um, and then since then I have had to change be, because, uh, because before the vaccines and stuff, I just didn't want to get COVID because I have asthma and, you know, I didn't, I, I thought it would affect me in a, in a not very good way. So I just, I stopped filming. Even when people did start filming again, I made the decision not to go out on location and not to go into offices and, and not to do that. So I just started doing editing, which for me is like doing maybe a third of what I normally do on a project, you know, because it, as I say, it's like the last phase of the project, you know, you set it up, you film it, then you edit. Um, so, so now I've just, I've been doing that for the last two years and it's been interesting and it's been fine, but I really, I miss working in big teams and I miss um, filming and I miss doing the whole project. Yeah. 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 But but I, I just think the industry is changing anyway. So it's, I can't really change the world and what's happening. So I just kind of have to go with it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you think, what's the direction of travel for you then going, like going forward? Is it continuing to do the editing more focused or what do you see things happening if the industry is changing as well? Um, no, I, I'm just waiting for the right project to, to come. Right. Like there have been a few things that have sort of come up and it's just, it's about timing as well. I've missed a few because I've been editing. And I was committed to those jobs. So I missed more, you know, bigger, bigger jobs, bigger roles where I would be out filming and I'd be responsible for the whole project. So I'm sure those will come up. And I have been speaking to people about things. But again, COVID has still cancelled a lot of things that mm -hmm. I've spoken to people about and then they got cancelled. So, you know, so who knows? And I just think that's something that we all need to or I feel like especially freelancers. It's just a part of how we work now. Mm. You, you, you sign up for something and it could be cancelled because of COVID or you, and because I do a lot of projects abroad that's just a really big one for me mm. you know sign up to do something and all of a sudden they say well you can't go to France because the restrictions have changed and we can't we can't have people like, quarantining for two weeks but before you start filming it's not feasible so you go okay that's another one <laughs> that's not <laughs> okay <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's the challenge, doesn't it? So, do you see yourself, you know, that that side focusing in the work that you do now? You know, the 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 producing, directing, editing um, in the documentaries, storytelling style, or, or have you got any other itches you want to scratch? Um, I think again, I really like what I do. You know, the only the only sideways step that I would think of doing is maybe looking at drama you know but that's a really big thing and that's quite a different world so again it's I could potentially make that sideways step but who knows I mean I'm, it's in the back of my mind mm. you know if I get rest if I get restless then I, I, I possibly would do that but again if, if you're looking at how do people make the leap and what you do I wouldn't at this stage in my career I wouldn't go okay I'm never doing that again and go over if I do it so how I would do it is I'd probably dip my toe in the water see if I like it keep all my avenues open and and I think that that's probably how I I tend to work mm. you, you know oh I kind of want to do this and then I kind of check it out because because even with what I'm doing now I started off doing music and arts then I weirdly moved into comedy 
and then and then I went from comedy to more documentaries. So even with what I'm doing, I've constantly said, "Oh, I'm not sure if this is what I want to do. Let me try X." And then I've tried it, and then so I haven't. I've never gone. I'm never going to do that again. It's just more that. Oh, I think I'm interested in this. Let me try it, and then having to reestablish myself in a different genre. Yeah. And, and working on it, and then saying, oh, "I'm getting kind of restless, or maybe I want to do X now, or maybe this would be a bit more fun." And then trying it, and yeah. So, so maybe I'm constantly doing that. That's not good. I'm never going. Never go forward. I always just go sideways. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe I'm a commitment phobe. Maybe that's what it is. I don't like committing to anything. I don't like committing to a full-time job and I don't like committing to one career path. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because you mentioned the word restless and, and that obviously that's in the title of the podcast. And, and for me, that restlessness is, it's not a negative. It's its accepting that that's part of many of us, you know, and that, that we, you know, we like to try different things and, and, that that approach that you've got is is totally the opposite of the all or nothing. And I've talked about the all or nothing in previous episodes because that was my downfall in, in so many different ways. You know, just just do it and you go all in and then you either succeed or you, you fail badly. Whereas that that curiosity, that interest, that oh let's see, let's try that out is is a is a fun way of doing it, isn't it? It's a fun way of just seeing, mm, could there be something there? How does it make me feel? You know, does it satisfy that that sense of something different or something interesting? And as you say, you can transition at that point if you decide, or if it's not for you, you move back. You know, it's great. I, 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 that that kind of totally resonates with me as a as an approach now. You know, from from my bad old days, yeah. <laughs> reckless. And- <laughs> Yeah. Well, sometimes being reckless is quite good, you know, high yeah. risk. Lots of people do really well with stocks and shares being high risk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the way they approach business. But that, actually thinking about that, one other thing that I would say in, in terms of if you are thinking, again, I'm not one to give advice because I just think everybody does things in their own way. And I would hardly say that my way is the most successful way or the most instant way to, to do it. But I think that if you are thinking about moving job or changing something in your life I think a really good thing is to actually talk like say it out loud to people because the minute you say it out loud to people one it becomes real two you have to focus what it is you're saying to yourself and to other people you know I want to do this or I'm interested in in possibly doing x and the other thing is by putting it out there then people know what you want Mm. and how things change all of a sudden somebody goes oh didn't you say that you were interested in in roasting your own coffee beans yeah. oh you know what I saw this other place and actually it they, they were doing something really interesting you should go check it out or I know somebody who does x and may, maybe you'd like to meet them and I think that's a that's a really good way to get the ball rolling because then you might that's a way of dipping your toe in the water you go and you see these people and you think this sucks I hate this I yeah. want to do this yeah. but or or you go oh my god this is great and then you've got a contact and yeah. then that's that that's just one step mm. or, or closer yeah it's such a good point because I, I remember at times being quite cagey and guarded about saying what I wanted to do or I might be interested in I, whether it was you know fear you might say don't be so stupid you know that kind of thing but actually the more that I do that or open up now the more you open up conversations and avenues and and people are interested aren't they in, in oh tell me more about that you know if you have those conversations um obviously you know you, you you pick your people as well I guess because you know there are some people who are 
potentially with the best motivation is going to try to say, oh, don't, don't, don't do that, Dave. <laughs> don't be so silly. But I think it's useful, isn't it, to share these ideas so you can make those connections and, and whatever. Or other people can for you. So I, I like that. I love that idea. Yeah. But, but also, if people are being negative about it, then that might actually give you more resolve to do it. You know, because it can't be real. It's it's like artists that I know who can be quite cagey about their work, and you kind of feel like going, "Well, then why are you doing it?" Not that I would say that to them, although I'm thinking, <laughs> because if you don't if you don't put it out there, whether it's an idea, whether it's what you want to do, um, it it makes it harder for you, I guess, because all you well for me speaking personally because I'm hypercritical of everything I do it's all in your head whereas I think sometimes it's quite nice to go oh I'm thinking about doing this and someone might say oh you'd be brilliant at that yeah that's mm-hmm. cool and then you go oh maybe I would be really good at this mm-hmm. and then it might give you some kind of motivation and it sometimes it might be nice to hear people say that would be great for you oh, I can totally see you doing it mm-hmm. um they're not only about connections but about encouraging you and and also just putting it out there because if you can't do that, then how is it ever going to happen? Yeah, it's really hard to, to to hide in the corner and work on something really secretly and then throw it out into the world fully formed. Yeah. I, I, that's almost an impossibility, isn't it? Yeah, I, w- I would, you know, from my own experience, again, you know, we're having the conversation rather than giving specific bits of advice, but I think that is that is such a good point because I've done that and it got very haven't got very far with whatever I've tried. Um, and then when I've perhaps tested it on the world at that point, I've spent so many hours to find that it hasn't worked. But if you have a conversation earlier, you might just make a change, just tweak or or find the right connection or contact. So as I've learned, because I, I was always, you know, I guess that was just my style in the past, that caginess. I've, as I've opened up, I've found it really does really help. And I think it's such a great, it's a, it's a great thing to think about for anybody who's listening, who is thinking, you know, they've got that idea, that itch to scratch. Who are you having conversations with? Is a good question. Are you having conversations with anybody or are you keeping it to yourself? It, yeah, I think that's such a it's, a, it's an important thing to do is to open up about it. And I, I totally take your point that sometimes they're being told, don't bother, Dave. Has been the very thing I've needed to hear. I love it. You know, it's been the one. Well, to make you more, more fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, I have to thank you for your time. It's been a, a great conversation, Tara, and and lovely to to catch up. Um, you know, when you look at the time, you don't realize how many years. It's five years. I suppose the last twenty months has has just been a time. That doesn't. Last two years doesn't count. <laughs> I, know, I know it doesn't count. No, you're right. But it, it sounds like you 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 still enjoying what you do and and um, some really exciting projects. According to CV, all of the uh, I'm just having a quick butchers now at this. So the the SES Who Dares Wins that that's a great show as well. So the World World Surf League that's an interesting one. So what was that all about then? Uh, it's coming out on Apple TV. Actually, it's a, it's it's a sports documentary. It's about right. people that. So the the Netflix F one series Drive to Survive. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's the, the people who make that. So ah. we we've done a new series about the World Surf League. So it's pretty much like Drive to Survive, but in the surf world. So again, just really really fun to make. Really really lovely fun project. Um, and yeah, and and it's and it's great working for streamers. Like I think they just have a lot more money. <laughs> so it's a lot more fun to work with them. 
yeah but yeah exciting things I'm quite you know I think I think the one thing I'm doing with editing is I'm working on projects that are quite that I'm I'm happier about so again that the payoff is I'm not going out and doing the same kind of job but I'm working on things that actually I'm really excited about so that's that's the thing about payoff priority what's what's important to you you know yeah yeah. Well, it's been great. Thank you for your time, Tara. It's been good. And and hopefully from the listener's perspective, it's a chance just to 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 sort of almost do those thought exercises about what if and what what could it be like and what do I need to think about um in terms of if I am looking to to inject a bit of adventure into my life. So thank you for sharing that perspective. It's been really, really valuable and lovely to catch up. Yeah, you too. And and good luck to everybody. I mean, it's everything's worth trying, you know, that's what I think. Yeah. Just realistic about it that's me putting a damper on just be realistic about it try it have fun but it might not be the answer to all your problems but i think it's worth trying you know (laughs) why not yeah i think that's a great approach to it because you know there is a reality to things but at the end of the day you've got you've got this stab at it so why not why not have have a go well thank you very much and uh we'll catch you in the next episode listeners take care for now uh thanks dave Thank you for listening. You will find all show notes, links and resources mentioned at restlessmidlifer.com. And why not spread the word? If you know a fellow Restless Midlifer, share the show and the links. And if you haven't already, subscribe to it in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing, if you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting restlessmidlifer.com forward slash review. It would mean a lot. And I may even give you a shout out in return. And a quick final thanks to my production assistant, Karen North of North VA, and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers. Check out musicformakers.com. Take care for now. And don't forget, you really can live a less stressful, much healthier and more meaningful midlife. Go re-adventure.